Okay, okay. So, this meeting that's been called today is in response to the need to record a new episode of So Did You Like It? We are here to discuss any possibilities we have for this episode. Uh, we need to discuss any pre-checks going into it and make sure every step of this episode has been approved along and that we will not be coming out with any sort of like half-cocked notions and understanding the due diligence and process we need to do. Is there any dissidence to this idea? Is there, any, is there anything we need to discuss before we, we take a vote? And I am the recently uh, 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 appointed uh, leader, who is the Department of Agriculture <laughs> president. Um, guys. And welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to go with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts. But we're not going to be critics. We're not going to be throwing any kind of numbers at you. We're just two co-workers at the end of a movie that asks, so did you like it? Uh, I am Sir Square, and my co-host has already introduced himself in a fit of confusion because that is right. We watched Shin Godzilla this week, a fun follow-up to last week's Malignant uh, written by Hideaki Anno and directed by Hideaki Anno and Shinji Higuchi. This is a Godzilla movie that is a response to the 2014 Godzilla movie. And, oh, man. Don't you just love the smell of bureaucracy in the morning? Red tape, paperwork, pens. Is that the Matthew Broderick one? Oh, shit, was it? No. Brian Cranston yeah oh I get those two confused so much Uh, Brian Cranston that was the one right yeah yes the Brian Cranston he like dies like 20 or 30 minutes into the film so it's really like the Aaron Taylor Johnson but he was the most interesting character in it and then the rest of the movie happens I don't know he vomits down another uh, monster's throat and that was pretty cool other than that that was pretty sick nothing else to nothing else to really remember about that movie is there but isn't there a lot to remember about this one uh yeah like paperwork <laughs> like paperwork and council meetings so really to explain this movie came out in 2016 and really only came about because America made a Godzilla movie in 2014 it was a you have to understand, like, every time America makes a Godzilla movie, Japan is unable to make a Godzilla movie until that process is done. That's the agreement that the studios have with each other in the development process when America, uh, I guess, like, were able to sign, like, contracts to be able to just use the character. Um, so once, I guess, they saw it, they were just like, okay, okay. Look, just call in Neon Genesis Evangelion. Like, get Shinji out of the goddamn cockpit. Let's fucking go. Like, this is... It's time to make a Godzilla movie. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, so... In response to that, they said, Alright, listen. We know you can do the fucking wackiest shit possible. We know a guy who's gonna make a fucked up Godzilla movie. and It'll be nothing like any of the Americans. And it... This movie is unlike any Godzilla movie. Yeah. This this movie makes a, a name for itself, and I feel like will always be remembered as one of the like 
quintessential, like, you have to watch this Godzilla movie, even if you don't watch all of them in the series. I'm going to say, if the little agreement is, is the case, uh, I don't know how much of a hot take this is. I don't know that any of our Godzilla movies have ever been worth it. <laughs> no. God, no. <laughs> I mean, like, do like do we want to just skip talking about Shin Godzilla, and I can give you a breakdown of the Matthew Broderick one? Because I'm going to tell you now, we're going to lose some listeners just talking about it. Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we start in Japan in the sea. Mr. Topopopolis or whatever his name was. <laughs> Topopolis. No, so for Shin Godzilla, this movie isn't is one of those type of Godzilla movies where it leans into the concept and the original idea of Godzilla, but doesn't go for the zany approach that developed uh, over the years. This is a reimagining to like danger and like like kind of fear that the movie was supposed to original like the character originally was created for, and it just immediately starts with just it, this eruption of steam in the ocean and before godzilla has even shown a hint of itself we're in a board meeting with a lot of different members or not a board meeting we're in a political meeting with a lot of different members of the japanese cabinet uh as they discuss a uh public message to let the general public know that they understand the situation and what their top uh their top analysts say so the panic the public doesn't panic and it's so beautiful. There's a lot for a Godzilla movie. A very good Godzilla. Probably my favorite Godzilla movie. It's got a lot. It's got like a cumulative total of like maybe 15 or 20 minutes of Godzilla in it. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is all people like, hey, what are we going to do about this weird thing that happened? Should we like blow it up? No, that seems like a problem. Let's discuss what we should do for, like, a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, this movie immediately lets you know that this is not a Godzilla movie, actually. It's a movie about the human response to Godzilla. And just, I guess, what what it would look like if, like, a government had to react to something so preposterous. Preposterous? Yeah. Uh, because... Yeah, they they don't even immediately jump to like there's something big in the sea. They're just thinking uh new volcanic eruption. They're thinking maybe a pipeline broke. They're thinking maybe there was a like maybe a vent in the seafloor opened up and it's just like a violent explosion of gas. Uh but like they they're just trying it's only the the wild card, the hotshot Rondo Yaguchi that says, you know, Maybe there's something big down there. They're like, that's stupid. You're stupid. Who is this guy? What a loser. <laughs> like, uh, even his higher up immediately apologizes for him. Just like, you know, he just has to like, he has wild theories that, you know, just sometimes he's right. But, you know, sometimes you have to realize when he's wrong or something like that. You're just <laughs> like, yeah, that guy can't be right. And then guess what happens? Mothra were born. No, this weird looking fish thing comes out of the sea in a really gross. Well, first a tail just kind of erupts out and starts like, like 
jerking itself around like an asshole. I'm making the motion right now, too, with my arm like a total chode. Do it. Do it. Do it harder than the, the people at home will be able to see it. Because immediately as they were having the press conference to talk about how this was probably an environmental situation of just like, you know, a new volcanic eruption, that's when the tail erupts and they're just like, we need to cancel this press conference and go back to our emergency meeting now. It's just like, well, great. Now I look like a fucking asshole. The prime minister is just fucking pissed now. Yeah, yeah, and tail whipping all about, and then, uh, yeah, the, the, we, they freak out about that. Well, okay, I guess there's something down there. And not long after that is when you, what you said it starts to, this weird fish thing starts breaching onto land, fucking up all kinds of boats in the harbor, get, making itself onto dry land, and it does this little, like, army crawl scuttle thingy across the floor, <laughs> and it's got the most darling googly eyes. I just imagined this thing in like that fucking intense army training underneath <laughs> underneath the barbed wires. People are yelling at it with its little darling googly eyes. Oh, I was thinking like a dog or a cat when they do like that little crawl when they're trying to be stealthy, but you see like the little butt wiggle with the tail. <laughs> That's what I see. And so like Godzilla, especially because he's got these big old fucking googly eyes and his mouth's hanging open like a Dorcas. And he's just like... Waddling through the fucking street. You know, when the. Uh, this is not like the first time we have seen this movie. Uh, but when the first time I did see this movie, I fully had to stop the movie and like turn to my roommate at the time and be like, Are we watching a Godzilla movie? What the fuck is that thing? Like, I don't know what this. I don't like looking at this thing. And then it grew on me as a cute little boy. But you're just like. It sets the tone that this is going to be a whole vastly different experience because as this little good boy is just crawling his way through Tokyo, just causing, you know, mass destruction as a good boy should. I was very proud of him. I got to see a lot of, like, high-end cars get destroyed and, you know, boats, some buildings, lives. And then it grew arms. In just, like, a most violent way as <laughs> these... These little, like, it, it has just, like, its back legs and, and it's scuttling on the ground and all of a sudden just these protrusions from its chest start opening up with blood. <laughs> and it just unfolds into these little dinosaur arms that kind of get bigger over time. But, yeah, it it every time this thing goes from cute, adorable, weird, bleeding fish to like Godzilla, it's a horrifying scene. It. Uh, why does it have to be so violent on the eyes? Oh wait, Neon Genesis Evangelion. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> I totally. I'm ignore yeah. me. I'm an idiot. They even talk about how they're like, oh yeah, look at it. It apparently has a set of gills, but also it could breathe in the water, but also seems to have a set of lungs. And as the lungs become, I guess, superficial or vestigial. It just kind of starts shooting blood out of them. Hot, steamy blood. It's gross blood as it just, I guess, no longer needs them out of the gills. Just just venting out of its system in a very gross homeostasis pattern. Just, oh, why am I looking at this? <laughs> I don't like it, but we're here, I guess. Why are we here? It's gross. 
And then he stands up like a good boy. And he looks kind of dorky again because <laughs> it's still got somewhat tiny arms, and it's just like it's much bigger than you know than when it first started. But it's like it's towering it's... over buildings, and it's just kind of rearing up, not motion completely motionless, and it just has its mouth open still and looking dorky with its fucking googly eyes, its fish eyes. And just stands there, and still. It looks like the goofy dog that's just so proud of himself at the end of the day, just kind of standing up on his high legs, looking at you, just like, look at what I did. I'm so good at my job. He's waiting for you to throw the bone so it can fetch, and it's just upright staring. It wants it so bad. <laughs> it's still not quite, like, later on it'll turn into Godzilla, and it'll be, like, hard as rock and, and shit, like, uh, like impenetrable skin. But right now it's still like kind of fleshy and weird. Like it's, I guess, hasn't grown the skin yet. Mm-hmm. So this probably would have been about our best time to take that thing out. Hey, and the Japanese Defense Force was called into action the first military operation for Japan since World War Two for you know this movie. And you know they were they were. They were doing their best. They were lining up. They had everything ready. That was like 30 minutes of in-movie time worth of deliberation, and I believe multiple days? Because at this point, it had come out, gone to the surface, and then gone back in the water. And then when it came out, it was bigger. So this was like multiple days of deliberation. And then, yeah, and like I said, 30 minutes, like... Oh, that's... Well, wait, no, didn't they summon the... uh... The helicopters only, and they were going to go to attack, uh, but then there were still civilians escaping. Yeah. Like, there was an old man and woman, and, like, the old man was carrying the woman, just, like, running across the tracks, and they're just like, the civilians, no, we can't take the risk! Yeah, in hindsight, man, those two people fucked us up real bad, man. <laughs> well, fucked up Japan, I guess. Eventually, it'll be a worldwide problem. Yes, Blame the old couple that are trying their best just to sure, live. Sure, sure. But what ha- what comes next later in the movie makes you think like, man, so like a really eyeing accept- the, the, the paperwork that says acceptable losses. <laughs> <laughs> really eyeing it right now. <laughs> yeah, because after that you get the real losses for letting it live, it's like... Yeah, it's a real trolley problem of kaijus. <laughs> <laughs> Which, we'll come back to trolleys and railroads. Uh, yeah, because of those people, we, we uh, the, the elderly couple. I thought it was like an elderly man holding like a child, but I guess it was... Maybe that is. I, it happened wow. so quickly, I just assumed it was man and wife. And and it's like one of those, like, it's from a helicopter view, like above the ground. So it's not like you get a Very good true. shot. And so, yeah, our good, good boy gets to escape, and we have more deliberations. You know what I do like about these scenes, though? I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, but I noticed it now, is that a lot of these are hard decisions. Like, it's a, all right, we, you know, should we open fire? Should we bomb it? Should we nuke it? It's like, oh, but we have to worry about evacuations. We have to worry about this and that. And they're constantly giving you all the info of, like, oh, we should do this, but then this would cause problems here, or this would be a good idea, or would it be a good idea? Do we capture it alive? Do we kill it? Do we do all these things, all these deliberations? And every time it comes back to the part where they're like, all right, we need a decision, it goes straight to, like, looking at the people who are asking the questions, and they face the camera as we are from the perspective of mm-hmm. the person in charge. 
who has to make the final call. So they reiterate to themselves like, all right, so what are we going to do? Are we going to finally bomb it? Are we, gonna, are we uh, clear to open fire? And they look at you at the camera as if like suddenly like, oh, all these questions that we were thinking about theoretically. Oh, shit. What would I have to what would I have to decide in this moment? What would be your decision? Like I I really loved how like throughout this entire process, just like you said, they they like just when the first tail erupts from the sea, before he even goes to the shore for the first time, they stop their press conference and order three scientists in. A bu- and like they're all just like fringe scientists in like biology, oceanography, like anything cryptozoology cryptos, like crypto bullshit <laughs> <laughs> and just oh my gosh like the the answers to these people gave they don't immediately go just like oh it could it's they don't they don't give like the most insane theories they start ask they start saying things like oh i can't i can't say anything without getting samples and another guy says like i'm not going to say anything because what if i'm wrong and that just discredits all of my work like they take it so seriously with, like, what a lot of people would be thinking about in these situations. Like, even scientists who, like, this, you would think this would be a dream come true. But, like, you have no idea if this would make or break your career. Because if you get this wrong, you do not want to be remembered for the problems that cause. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to be the guy who cried monster in the ocean when he was just like, oh, yeah, it was just a weird plant. <laughs> I love how we or get to see balloon. them, like craft emergency response rooms like printers being moved desks being brought in bunch of laptops being placed perfectly out you know uh throughout the entire time while everyone's just like working super fast on their laptops and like all this papers flying around the room you see people running out with like instant ramen bowls and lunch for everybody janitors going through the room and cleaning up it's just like full on all about the response teams all about the red tape of the situation and i just I wish I understood what I was watching. <laughs> There's people telling the guy who's in charge of making the plan or implementing the plan that he, you know, he's been working there for like days at a time with like tirelessly with very little sleep. And he's been sleeping there so he can try to like be on top of everything. And they're there saying like, dude, you need a shower and a change of clothes. And they even bring <laughs> him a change of clothes while he's sleeping at, the, at his desk. Like, yeah, they, they show that, like, days pass in between these situations, and, like, they are working hard. And, like, they are go they talk about how they're going through social media to see what uh, people are saying, what information's being leaked, who's writing what for what newspaper and what they need to suppress until they have more information. Like, one uh, government official, like, his whole job is just talking to the freelance journalists that they employ to give them first rights to break the story if they give them the information they're looking for. Like, which immediately starts, like, this whole chain of events because they're able to find, uh, let's see, Goro Maki's work, which is somehow, before even Godzilla had arrived this first time, is already tied to Godzilla. But here's the thing. How do we know about this? Because of America, damn it. (laughs) <laughs> Who else would know so much about this Japanese kaiju wrought about by nuclear bombs? <laughs> you have a bit of a sordid pass. <laughs> the U.S. sends a special envoy, Kayoko Ann Patterson, who reveals a disgraced, vehemently anti-nuclear zoology Professor Goromaki had been studying mutations caused by the re- 
radioactive contamination and theorize the appearance of the creature. Like, so yeah, this character, this, you know, it was one of those situations where like a scientist saw the future, but everyone called him insane because what if someone came up to you and said like, hey, in 10 years, there's going to be a giant creature that erupts from the ocean. Like, are you going to believe them? Are you? You know you want to, but are you really? Nah. <laughs> like, you know you really want to because you still hope that you can believe in magic or some sort of eldritch evil that exists in the world. But no, you know the truth. This world is just, you know, full of what we call science. He even drew out plans on how to stop the dang thing. But the problem is it's like impossible. He made it in a way that is impossible to read. They have this giant, like what looks like a map chart that they pull out. And it's like one of these things where like red lines going all over the place, green lines and blue lines. And I'm like, man, we just got to get one of those like 3D glasses with the red and the blue side. And just like, yeah, we're going to figure this the fuck out. (laughs) Turns out I would have been wrong on that solution. (laughs) Yeah, no, when... So... When they get Goromaki's work, which is just an insane, you know, Jackson Pollock painting of science, uh, my first thought in my beautiful description, <laughs> my first thought was just like someone break out the like Jumanji card reader, and I'll just go through it real quick, you know, from the board game, just be like, all right, so I think we have to survive thirty seconds from a rhino stampede, yeah. That's what it looks like. All right. All right. Who would win in a fight? <laughs> Shin Godzilla or Jumanji? Oh, shit. I thought you were going to ask for Rhino Stampede. No, so ready. But now that you asked me, like, the concept of, like, a living yeah. board game, like, I'm, I'm just All like, shit, dude, I don't know. Like, what can Jumanji summon at this point? <laughs> I don't know. The problem is everything on it is, like, just, I mean, some things are supersized, but it's all just terrestrial beings here you have to understand like what you're asking real quick because remember when jumanji came out it was just a board game that like kind of like would maybe suck one person in and just like throw a bunch of just like jungle horrors out at you but then you find out in the like later ones that it can create its own fully functioning like reality marble with a bunch of bullshit going on so could it suck godzilla into that reality marble and godzilla has to go through the game version of jumanji it also means godzilla would get three lives to get through it and is he smart enough to get through it i think i think this might be a situation where the fucking big monster brute forces its way out of a board game i think so too i don't think i don't think jumanji can stand a chance i don't think the concept of jumanji can beat godzilla but it's it's got a hunter i don't know you brought up jumanji what the fuck dude I just thought we put on those cool ass 3D glasses and I'm like, all right, guys, this map's about to get real red. <laughs> no, man, last time I put on 3D glasses, I was basically watching Avatar in theaters and I just don't want to remember that. Yeah, but they weren't the red blue kind. You're right. You're right. When's the last movie you saw with those? Spy Kids 3. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Mine's might have been like Jaws 3D. <laughs> oh, that's... Uh, I don't know, actually, which one's worse. <laughs> I still think mine yeah. was better. Probably. I don't know. Who can say? <laughs> Not the shark. What was the solution? How did we solve this map? These ravings of a madman. Well, they don't at first. They can't figure it out at all. And before they're able to try to figure it out, guess who's back, 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 
back again, again, again. Imagine Godzilla coming out singing that while he's he's doing like he's got his hands in the fist and one of them's doing like a circle, like he's hyping himself up as he's going in, like a boxer. <laughs> Yeah, just give it some like shadow punches and everything. Just uh, pumps up or like uh, pump reloads his fist, just like Henry Cavill, just totally ready for his fight against Tokyo. <laughs> and in this corner, we have the entire nation of Japan. Thanks. Godzilla gets on the land, just starts jumping up with his hands in the air, like what they do right before a fight. And we're talking. So you said Tokyo. So we're talking about the nighttime scene at Tokyo. We're talking about. Uh, we're leading up to it. Well, it's not. It's not just. Well, first, it, before that nighttime scene, the Japanese defense force actually do get to mobilize and try to uh, take down Godzilla using their entire military force, since they were able to evacuate Tokyo in time before Godzilla yeah. returned. And we, we see that, like, you know, they've got tanks on the ground, they've got helicopters in the air, they have multiple rounds of uh, different types Artillery. of ammunition to just try and yeah. take him on. It's like a full, like, uh, command center tent down there with, like, so many different officers with, like, laptops while they've got phones that's connected to these people's phones, that's connected to this person's phone, that's connected to the prime minister's emergency council room with the leader of the military, the secretary in charge of the military, who talks to the prime minister. Yes, and we have to go through all the lines of succession. Uh, and if you're going to ask me if that's tedious, no, it's not. Watch the movie. You'll see you'll love it. <laughs> but we, they, they get to all out go up against Godzilla. And, you know, like in most Godzilla movies, it just, um, it don't work. <laughs> Machine it, it gun don't. fire don't do a whole lot. Especially when it kind of seems like Aww. his... Skin is literally made of steel. They tried their best, but I guess their best wasn't good enough. They, they did have long-range mortar fire, I believe, that was able to pierce the skin, I think, a little. That was from the United States bombers. That was... No, before the bombers, they were able to do a little bit of damage. I don't know if they were able to pierce the skin or not. They were able to at least make it flinch. Oh, that's right. It did <laughs> flinch. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're shooting bullets, and, like, he's just, he doesn't even care. He's just gonna... Like, they're all bouncing back, and once again, being a good, good boy, just kind of standing there, <laughs> not giving much, much of a shit. Um, <laughs> no, he's giving them their turn. He believes in turns. Oh, I didn't realize. God's always doing a turn-based <laughs> RPG. <laughs> it's the only way to do it in Japan. He has the slow speed, so he has to wait for like everyone else's turn to happen. Basically, Shin Godzilla is the next Dragon Quest game showed up. Pretty much, or the way the Yakuza series is going. <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh wait. Ooh. Probably. I cannot wait for the Godzilla karaoke sequence. <laughs> I can't wait. For, never mind. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get into Yakuza lore. I'm like, what the fuck? Who cares? All right. <laughs> I care, Kaz. I'm I just care. saying. Goro Majima going up one on one against Godzilla. God damn it! Couch fight. He's the only one who could single handedly ta try to take on Godzilla. Anyways, uh, 
So yeah, we're able to like stumble him a little bit or oh flinch him. Gosh. And it's funny because when they're like shooting him like right in the face, and I'm like, at least the eyes have to be some of a weak point. But no, they actually show a close-up shot where it has like this internal lens that kind of shuts off or shuts itself. Uh, I guess whenever uh, on command, whenever Godzilla either needs to shield his eyes, and I think also does it when he starts shooting laser beams, but that comes in a bit. Yeah, plebs. Like they <laughs> guess they didn't evolve quick enough to get ice shields. Is that when? No, they weren't so organized here. But yeah, uh... no, that's when you know Godzilla takes out the entire Japanese defense force almost. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we, I think, no, actually, no, no, there's not that many casualties. Uh, nothing seems to be working and they seem to be backing off. And I think it like destroyed one tank. And then they said at the end of that, like there was a casualty of like three tanks destroyed. And I was like, I don't know. They only showed Godzilla take out one tank. I think two of the tanks ran into each other trying to run away. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah. Even the tent that does take damage, like you don't, it doesn't crush anyone. It just... Kind of, it's almost like the good boy just kind of pushes him out of the way. Just like, mm. you know, let me move the little army men away, like my little green army toys, while I go, you know, play with my Lincoln logs. Someone's in there, in that tank, and they are not getting out with a fucking, like, highway on top of the tank. <laughs> no. No. But yeah, considering... That they went up against the big Godzilla that's almost, you know, that's still ever-evolving. Three tanks. That's not too bad. Ah, oh, that's, that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. And so Godzilla is able to make it into the center of Tokyo by night. But that's when USB-2 bombers come to help take on Godzilla for America and Japan. Because everyone loves each other in this movie. And it's not because of political pressure and because, you know, we overstep our boundaries sometimes, even though Japan really didn't ask for our help. It's just because we like what's doing. We, we do what's right. America! <laughs> <laughs> there was literally... So, like, the B-2 bombers come in. When we were watching this with a group of people, the B-2 bombers come in and they drop some bombs on Godzilla, and that's when they pierce the skin and cause it to bleed. And it was the most damage Godzilla has taken uh, from other from, from uh, our um, attempts thus far. And in this chat of people watching this, I did just go America and had simultaneously everyone on the chat yell "fuck yeah" back at me. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> They're so fucking hyped because I was like, "Yeah, look at us. We we have pride for because we did a thing." <laughs> In a movie. We did it! it was very, st- silly, very silly and very stupid. So everyone's um, cheering. It's going great. And then, you know, Godzilla just says like, oh, let me get you some of that. This scene is actually amazing. And when I was watching this movie, I was like, okay, you know, it's, it's starting to look like Godzilla. That's cool, you know, but... Yeah, I was like, still like, you know, people overhyping this, like, okay, this is the greatest Godzilla, whatever, you know, it's fine. Um, but I guess there's not a high bar for Godzillas. I mean, you know, there's some that are better than others. Um, and then this scene, you knew it was gonna, you knew it was gonna be amazing when the choir started. Yeah, just <laughs> absolute, just like somber choir just start playing, and Godzilla starts like 
charging up and out of its breath out of its breath or its its mouth starts shooting just plumes of smoke just black smoke that's just you know wisping its way between buildings just like that one truck driver in front of you that it just you lose eyesight for a couple seconds and you're trying to swerve but that bitch is following you it's going everywhere in the city and followed by the smoke Starts fire that just rages through all the streets. Doesn't really blow up the building. Seems to go around them. But in a scary way, that fire is going through and around buildings. And then the fire starts to condense. And it starts to form a very destructive, familiar, purple-tinted beam. And Godzilla says, again, let me get you some of that. And it's pretty good. You know, it's it's pretty good. It gets a couple planes, destroys some buildings. But that's not what happens after that. After that, Godzilla uh, pulls an amazing move. And knowing... It's, it's, it's a prime example of knowing your own body and your own limitations. You're like, you know what? Step this up a bit. He just goes, nom. Closes both on the atomic beam that's shooting out of its mouth. And I guess that kind of builds it up inside of Godzilla and condenses it. And it ends up shooting the same beam that was coming out of his mouth in a multiple different directions out of his spine. Not just like where the... Sp- out of the dorsal plates of his spine. Shoot in all kinds of directions. Not just like straight down and through it. But they start going every which way. Takes out the bombers. Takes out all kinds of helicopters. Uh, I believe before that, though, when it was breathing out of its mouth, it did take out the guy who was in charge who was about finally to give up and evacuate because he wanted to stay there to the end during this whole operation. Oh, yes. The prime minister does pass in this attack because Godzilla proves that he is a one monster rave party. Yeah, that's 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 a rave party that has a bad next day. <laughs> For who? The city of Tokyo or Godzilla? <laughs> I feel like Godzilla Every- had fun. Everyone. But yeah, everyone in Tokyo the next day is like, fuck me. We did not have to go that hard. <laughs> uh, as yeah, God- it, was, it was Tokyo's choice to go that hard. As Godzilla just completely annihilates structures, buildings, everything in the air. Oh, and by the way, it does also shoot out of his tail. Yes. Yes, also the tail shoots. And it this Godzilla has like the longest tail, I think, uh proportionalized to its body of any Godzilla. This thing whips around like no tomorrow. I think like the anime had like Godzilla that was basically the size of a planet or whatever the fuck or like a whole ass country. It did. So like (laughs) So maybe not as big of a tail as that one, but like I said, proportional to its body, it has the longest tail. That was just a really big Godzilla that had the normal size tail to a Godzilla. This thing is actually like almost as big as itself. Yeah. And because you finally see it is its own weapon as well. This is probably the deadliest Godzilla because it is just a walking nuclear nuclear reactor that is able to just dispense all of its uh, uh, atomic buildup in these intense flashes that could decimate countries in just seconds. And it does. Well, it doesn't do the country, but... Um... It pretty much destroys all of Tokyo, and it just sits there in the middle of the destruction, and I think it just kind of hardens and hibernates, goes to sleep, 
and we back out from Tokyo and we just see we see what looks like just a giant just looks like molting just I don't know lava or like metal structures and everything as we zoom way the fuck out and look at the ci- the, the city's destruction you could probably see this from space with how large this area that like uh, Godzilla has destroyed but and then the Japanese government does not give up and they start putting in the work to get a new response going to take down this creature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we also, we haven't mentioned, though, because you see this large radius, as we said. Uh, what we haven't no- uh, mentioned is that everywhere Godzilla goes and interacts with anything leaves a large amount of radiation. Oh, uh, yeah. So this whole, every place that Godzilla has not only walked through, but also where it causes destruction with its freaking laser beams uh has uh now caused irreparable radiation damage i believe (laughs) maybe like japan's kind of fucked in the long run for quite some time that's what it seems like but don't worry because the secretary of agriculture has stepped up to the job of prime minister Ah, yeah sorry i'm fist bumping (laughs) (laughs) what a chode (laughs) (laughs) love the department of agriculture that guy's gonna save us all agriculture man it's the way of personal safety and peace (laughs) it's funny because they announced that he's the like the only one left like a bunch of people were like really that that's the guy he's like i mean i wouldn't want the job so a lot of people either are dead or didn't accept it and he's just right there he's like i guess i'm gonna serve my station with with dignity if i can and the first thing he notices is noodles got soggy so he knew this job was going to be difficult (laughs) i know in all this wake of all this destruction this is what he's complaining about this is what he's having a hard time with in this new job that's been foisted upon him so going back to the main character yaguchi who if people want to know he's the deputy chief cabinet secretary he with his team are able to come up with a plan where if they use a coagulant, a blood coagulant, it could potentially disrupt Godzilla's cooling system because it does work like a living nuclear power plant to where it would instantly almost freeze Godzilla, just creating an entire uh, frozen system until they can do something to take care of it. But the only problem is they've realized that Godzilla is an ever-evolving creature and it's starting to reproduce asexually. I thought also we figured out the coagulate issue through the... uh... They haven't figured out if it's going to work yet because they haven't broken through Goro Maki's research. Okay, there we go. Um... But they started coming up with the idea and they call it the Yaguchi plan because if it fails, all that blame goes to Yaguchi. Yeah. Yeah. Politics! That's fucked up. Like, hey, look, I know we might all die, but, like, we need a fall guy, bro. (laughs) We need a fall guy. We cannot fuck this up. Guess what? If this fails, he's not going to go down in history for having the failure of our plan because there will be no one left to write history. That is very true. This has to work. This better not fucking, like, mess up here. 
And and like there's also this growing threat that like uh, America came in and they sent an ambassador, they send the bombers and like all right, we can also like provide some some uh, helicopters and some firepower and this and that. Um, we gotta take care of this, y'all, because if we don't, Russia and China are looking to uh, work together, and I think some other countries we're looking to work together, and they're gonna want in on this and. Well, if we can include as little countries as we could and just keep this between you and us, Japan. Well, they tried that, but then after Godzilla's stunt of the, like, all-time biggest rave party from one monster, I guess, uh, the United Nations, like, hands down, uh, like, a proclamation to the government of Japan telling them that they're giving them a few days to deal with this issue, but if they cannot subdue Godzilla... They are sending a thermonuclear bomb to Tokyo to take I'm care sure of Godzilla themselves. So I'm sure that would have worked. Yeah. Uh, but w- with that, I think the UN does offer, like, they do have some countries who are contributing to uh, the coagulates. Like, they're also starting production on the coagulates. So it's not solely Japan at that point. Yeah. And, America, and, and at least the ambassador to America believes in this plan too because they do not want to see another nuclear bomb dropped on japan not not after everything this nation's been through they cannot have that happen to them so they are going to do what they can to take care of godzilla in the best way they think they can and how do they crack the code an ancient paper folding technique called origami dramatic music (laughs) (laughs) That's right, man. Origami. It turns out all you had to do was fold the map into really fun shapes. Some fish, some cranes, maybe like a lily pad. This guy truly was insane. Oh, he was pissed. Uh, His wife ended up dying of cancer because of radiation poisoning because of all the dumping they were doing in the Sea of Japan at the time. And because the Japanese government didn't do anything about it, and neither did the American government, he just said, you know what? Fuck you guys. Do what you want. I'm not going to help with this situation. Like, fully already naming that the creature will be Godzilla, just like, you don't know what's coming for you, and I do. And I am, like, he dies before this even happens. But, like, he was right. And he... Yeah, they, was right. even giving him the name Godzilla, people are like, oh, that, that, it's ridiculous. I mean, come on, it can't be that. And then afterwards, like, nah, fuck this shit. Like, all right, yeah, I guess na- the name works. So they break the code, or they cracked the code. They're able to adjust their plan and fix the coagulant to where it will work on Godzilla's systems. And then we get the wildest, like, the wildest response to Godzilla I've ever seen. That is so freaking good. Oh my gosh. First off, how do you get a coagulate into Godzilla? Oh, yeah. We got like a bunch of giant cranes that just uh, that have like a hose attached to them to dispense liquid. And they're attached to giant tankers of the coagulate. So it is has to be through but, the mouth. How do we get this into Godzilla's mouth? We send trains rigged with bombs at this motherfucker's legs. Yeah, that's really sticking it to that trolley uh, problem I was talking about. <laughs> what you do is you take the trolley and you ram that shit into Godzilla. <laughs> that's the proper choice to make. These are the tank engines that fucking could. <laughs> <laughs> 
it is it's so wild because like you look at that and you're thinking to yourself this is them going back to their zany roots but no this was a legit idea they rigged like they rigged these train cars with a bunch of explosives to where they all since they're all automated they rammed into godzilla at the same time thus like creating a mass explosion at both parts of his legs and godzilla stumbles falls and they're able to ram that shit up his mouth and starts flooding it with the coagulant yeah and and then he gets up and he kills everybody it starts working i mean they notice they're like hey look he's slower now after he killed everybody from the first station it's time to move him towards station two how do they move him through station two they blow up buildings close to him to guide him towards the next set of train tracks where we fucking Thomas the Train Engine this shit again. Yeah. I think they also tried to expend his power. Weren't they sending in, like, flights of, like, helicopters, like, unmanned? Oh, yeah. Uh, unmanned American drones. Uh, and so they were, like, sending them in. I don't know. I feel like these were a bit, uh... These were a bit of an inefficiently done because, yeah, they're constantly like, send in one through three. And they're going in and he's doing the back lasers again. He's having a rave party. Everything's going great. Everything's being destroyed. Jamming out the sandstorm. Yeah. And then afterwards, they're like, all right, well, those are fucking dead. He's still firing the lasers, but keep sending them in. Send five or four. Send five. And like, maybe some of them go for a low angle of attack or maybe kind of wait because we're trying to make him expend his power or tire him out or whatever the plan is. Instead, we're just like, keep shooting, keep throwing drones at it in the same direction at the same pace. Don't change anything. Fire! So yeah, we go through that and we exhaust all those. And I think eventually when he stops shooting the lasers is when we start like dropping buildings on him, which looks pretty good, actually. <laughs> like It's like, okay, holy shit. This, it's, it's, once again, our plan isn't to blow up or kill Godzilla. Our plan is to like feed him, feed him his, 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 his good night juice. Uh, and... <laughs> It's a really exciting scene where you're just like, you're seeing him being knocked over by buildings and you're like, fuck, this could work. Like, holy shit, if they got him down, they could put more good night, sleepy time, bitty by Mimi's juice into him. <laughs> yes, Godzilla needs his Mimi's milk. <laughs> just with his little, little cup of cocoa and Godzilla ready to get tucked in for bed. And then we fucking drop a building on him and he's like, fuck it. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we start pumping him more with Mimi's juice. <laughs> can't. I fucking can't and sometimes. After the second time, like, that's when they expend all of what they have. Because they're like, oh, yeah, we have, like, 70% of, like, uh, all of our reserves. I'm like, they overcalculated, right? Like, you don't want to be like, he needs 100% in him. Uh, for this to work, right? Like, you want to have so much to where we have extra, you know, in case. But, yeah. So, but, yeah, I think they do, because yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, we have 75% of it, and then we're like, oh, eventually they're like, oh, yeah, we got 100% of it in. Uh, and then I think they were still doing more. They had to <laughs> go like... into, I think they did go into the reserves a little bit, and it all it looked for a little bit like all hope was lost, because Godzilla was still moving, and then it was just an instantaneous effect yeah he just crystallizes right in front of them his tail just freezes solid he turns into like a giant he just goes 
I feel like the coagulates were supposed to like uh uh eliminate his internal cooling system is what they kept saying and i feel like that would have i don't know i don't know no science or none of that thinking man's uh world <laughs> but i feel like if you get rid of his internal cooling system then the radiation would mostly just go critical and he would basically explode like an atomic bomb well, what I think what was happening here is so like Godzilla <laughs> has a internal heating and cooling system that worked in tandem to to be able to function and reproduce. So what the coagulant did was slowed down his process enough to where the cooling system failed, and rather than overheat, the cooling system then plummeted to where instead of keeping it at its regulated temperature to where it wouldn't overheat, it went into full-on winter lockdown, it seems, because his temperature goes from nuclear reactor to a hundred and to negative 195 degrees celsius i believe maybe it's just maybe it's just bad verbiage then because yeah they constantly refer to it as oh it's gonna shut off his internal cooling system it's gonna turn it off it's gonna shut it off and like i said i'm i'm not a smart man (laughs) but i you were also watching it english dubbed like a feel like Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. In your version, what? How did they refer to it? Oh, they referred to it as a cooling system. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So glad that the Japanese subtitled version did so much work for you. No, I put in the work. I had to read. Also, really. We you, you were gonna host it, and the version you had was in English, and I was like, pretty sure the version I have is in Japanese. So we put on the version I had. Nope, that was also in English. Uh, and then we had a vote, and people were like, yeah, I don't care about reading, just put it in English. I'm like, okay. So I was. I have both versions. I found the other version on my laptop, so I actually have it in both English and Japanese now. Thoroughly ready to watch it in Japanese and read along, but. Uh, it's it's easier for the masses because sometimes people just have it on the background. That's true. They don't want to read. That's so. true. We're not important to them. Who cares about mind? Plus, it's not, <laughs> once again, it's not like there was a whole lot of difference. Like, oh man, that translation really up. Turns out it wasn't the Department of Agriculture. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> but no, they did it. Godzilla has been frozen. And he is basically on lockdown. And the government is going to be able to figure out what to do with him. They needs to be destroyed some way before he can be reawoken. And uh, they also find out that the fallout of Godzilla has a very, very short half-life. So Tokyo can actually be reconstructed sooner than most people thought. They might even be able to start reconstructing at the end of the month. Ooh, they did say, though, everyone going on that mission to feed, uh, feed Godzilla the Mimi's juice... Mm-hmm. They did say everyone was wearing like hazmat suits and they said, all right, there's a very high chance that even though we're wearing these suits, many of you might just end up dying from radiation poisoning. And it's like, that's a hard sell on that one. But I guess it's for the greater good. Hey, it really was because they did it without the use of a nuclear weapon. They were able to take down Godzilla with, I mean, there was a loss of like construction and like infrastructure of a city but in terms of casualties of what most godzilla's movies are usually like this is like this was a brilliant option 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was the better of the options. I think, I don't know, the ending, once again, kind of casts a little bit of shade over uh, over the future. Um, but, but either way, you have a lot of displaced people. This is a cataclysmic is event happening to Japan that even... If the radiation, but countries are already de- uh, delivering oh. aid. Food oh, I, and like I believe the UN and all those countries are gonna, <laughs> they're going to be there for like maybe three years. No, the, tops. Yeah, the American Red Cross, like they're they're, they're doing their work. They're going to be there for like well, not even. Let's say they're there for like an election term, so they're going to be there for four years tops. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, after that, it's like, hey, do we still care about this whole Godzilla thing? Like crying like, a river, <laughs> a giant lizard came out yeah, of your ocean. Yeah, call me cynical. <laughs> There's no but to that. Just, Just call me it. cynical, <laughs> please. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no, yeah. There's gonna be just problems. (laughs) Godzilla's caused cataclysmic problems and may possibly not even be done. True. Close it on the most horrifying side I think I've ever seen and one of the reasons why this makes me one of the scariest Godzilla movies. As we see this frozen Godzilla that will probably be the center of a big park, amusement park, I imagine, but... We, we go up its very long tail, we pan up, and we see splitting from the end of its tail that's, oh, that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, splitting into all kinds of different directions. We see what looks like little Godzilla hominid-type creatures mm-hmm. just emerging from the uh, tip of the tail. They're coming out of it like kind of the arms kind of folded out, like almost like they're just these things forming and pulling their way out of it. Not even like they were formed inside and emerging like an egg. Almost like but they're like just ripping forming. themselves out. Yes, from the flesh of this horrible monster. And yeah, they look fully like almost like like they have arms, legs, still have the Godzilla tail, weirdo, creepy, freaky alien faces. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> It's it's very disturbing the implications of what were to happen had this gone on for m- any time longer than it did. Well, I hope we don't get a sequel, honestly. So, Kaz? That's me! Did you like it? I did! Yeah! <laughs> As I said, it's one of my favorite Godzilla's. I've seen quite a few of them, not all of them, but I've seen... The, some good ones, some bad ones, all the American ones, which are bad ones. Um, and then, yeah, seen some of the goofy ones where Godzilla's fucking doing like an end line, like, you know, a, a dance, like a touchdown dance or whatever after like <laughs> beating some We've ass. seen them like, uh, just like drop kick into another kaiju. Yeah, just like fully like horizontal gliding across the ground, flying towards <laughs> them just to do a mistletoe drop kick. Kind of amazing. So yeah, I've seen a wide variety of Godzillas, and this one's my favorite. Uh, this one's the equivalent of like, with all the bureaucracy, it's the equivalent of arguing with Shinji, like, get in the mech, we need to do something. And Sh- Shinji is all of the Japanese council going like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Just get in the goddamn mech, Shinji. I can't do it. And then the Department of Agriculture is finally like, you motherfucker, we're putting the, the Eva on autopilot and get something done. <laughs> this was a very long metaphor, and anyone who hasn't seen Evangeline, completely lost. <laughs> so, Square. Yeah. 
Did you like it? Yes. Like there every time a Godzilla movie is going to be announced now, it's going to be hard not to think about this movie because it not only was an incredible new design for Godzilla and uh look at the creature and the evolution of it and showing what horrific possibility there was for Godzilla, but it made you also really love watching the process of government responses to like an intense situation and the challenges they have to face. And again, just the wildest plan that actually worked. That was just the fucking smartest decision. A government has made in a Godzilla movie. Yeah. Every time someone says they want to watch a Godzilla movie, I will show them some of them first and then be like, okay, now let's watch the best one. Yeah. It, it's, it's really weird. sell because once again, Godzilla's in it for, like, not even 20 minutes, and most of it is people standing in a room talking, and it doesn't sound like an interesting cell. No. Oh. And, and some of the times that Godzilla's on there, it's a weird googly eye fish, man. Like, <laughs> But, like, here's one of the best parts about, or best times about watching it this week was uh, Nan was with us, because Nan's always watching the movies with us every Wednesday, along with some other people. But there was a moment where, like, they were building their, like, emergency response room, like I said, with all the printers moving and everything. And Nan just breaks the silence with, like, I fucking love this. (laughs) Like, you fall in love with just, like, every sequence and turn of events because it's not just, like, weird, zany, like, it's Godzilla. Let's find this one scientist who's going to solve everything and we get lasers or maybe King Kong or King Ghidra or whatever. But just, like fucking a bunch of people working together they're just like putting in time and effort night after night they're like tired by the end of it no one knows who's gonna survive but they keep putting in the work just to make sure that there is going to be a country by the end of this event i needed like the like the ending to be like a john hughes movie where every like the people in council just like walking away in the sunset and they just play don't you forget about me as they just have like one fist in the air Then we just have like that law, like that wide pan shot of like Godzilla as like the camera's like circling around him. And we have like the credits playing over with the don't you forget about me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that'd be beautiful. We should re-edit the ending of the film just for ourselves. (laughs) Just have one of those credits where it shows them and it says what happens to them (laughs) in a few years. It's like. He went on to become the next prime minister, or you know, and then this guy who was an asshole the whole time and trying to be an opportunist, he stepped down from his job and found another one working in the corporate side of the recovery. Then it's just like one of Godzilla. It's like Godzilla broke out five days later. <laughs> this military officer re- retired and started an emergency charity organization in which they helped find the people injured in the Godzilla attack. Don't you? Godzilla broke out five <laughs> days later. Had kids. Is now ruling the world. <laughs> when you walk on by. Right, so I know where uh, this podcast should end. <laughs> I need the shot of my, my avatar up there. Cause when after the podcast made himself a sandwich, he never fully recovered that day. <laughs> Uh, all right, Cass, what do you got going on in your life? Uh, we're starting some 
other games now that we're done with the spookies. Um, actually, me and we're for date night. We're still doing like Resident Evil games. Uh, but that's because we're just no there's them pickings for co-op games. Uh, starting on Devil May Cry four, five, yeah, five. Hell yeah. Um. Nan and I are gonna go. I think we're gonna go back to playing co-op games where we both have like a Joy-Con and we're miserable because it's hard. <laughs> um, and then yeah, we do this podcast every Friday. I'm sure there's plenty more games, but I can't remember any of them, and Nan's not here to help. Uh, so we do this podcast. Uh, I can't even say we do it every Friday, but we try to <laughs> do it every Friday. We try. We do uh, every Friday ish. Yeah, anyways, you can watch our weird shenanigans at Second Respawn. Twitch.tv forward slash Second Respawn. That's uh, the number two ND in the word respawn. I'm also joined by this radiantly glowing man, Sir Squarin. I really got to get my radiation levels down. It's kind of a problem. Ooh. What do you do? Well, now that I'm thinking about changing my name to Abigail Powers, uh... Honestly, like right now, I'm just doing a lot of D&D on my channel. Dungeon Daydreams is going to be coming back very soon. I do flight team D&D one shots on my channel with other streamers. And when I am playing, I'm playing some uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. I'm going to the Arkham games because RIP Kevin Conroy. And uh, just whenever I can, I, I, I just try to have some fun. Um, but this this podcast, which is very important to us, comes out edited every week thanks to the hard work of our buddy tucker you can follow him on twitter at tucker wins or on twitch uh at twitch.tv forward slash tucker underscore wins uh he plays chess he plays Fortnite. he has a lot of fun if you want to follow me you can find me on twitter at sir squaren or on twitch uh twitch.tv forward slash sir squaren um but we have no idea what we're watching next week yeah every time i'm in charge it's always a problem and <laughs> Yeah, so uh, get ready for a su surprise shenanigans. Sir Squaren would go on to lose his knighthood after getting heavily involved in a crypto scheme. However, he then regained wealth and reputation after deciding to become involved in another, more successful crypto scheme. Kaz returned to his passion for John Travolta movies and decided to start a solo podcast where he ran through different Travolta movies every week. After protests sparked across the country, he was unfortunately forced to shut the podcast down and live out the rest of his life as a hermit in an undisclosed location. Tucker and Nan still run So Did You Like It to this day, though all that remains in every episode is a countdown and the theme music. Brendan Fraser would go on to win an Academy Award for his role in The Whale. <laughs>